Hello, principals, and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Rachel George, and I'm an educational leader in Oregon and an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center with Rachel. Hey, so Adam and I, we're just always so excited to bring you all this episode of the NAESP Principal Podcast so we can legit talk about some real ideas with amazing principals. And in this case, a principal slash a superintendent to truly help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. Tonight on the show, we have my bald brother from another mother, Scott Borba. Whatever you're doing right now, unless you're driving, go to Twitter and make sure you're following Scott. It's ScottyBoy22, S-C-O-T-T-Y Boy22, superintendent, principal, NASP state rep for California, the 2017 NDP. That's Nationally Distinguished Principal for California. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Rachel. Great to see you. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Introduce yourself. Uh, Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Man. All right. So yeah, my name's Scott. I'm the superintendent principal of the Grand Union Elementary School District. And I have the privilege of also being the director of Zone 9 for the National Association of Elementary Principals. What states does Zone 9 encompass, Scott? Um, all uh, the well, best. All the best. Because <laughs> I'm part of Zone 9 as a state rep, and we're we're the best, and we just probably made everybody on the non-West Coast very angry at this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, no, we, it's uh, Washington, Oregon, California, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and our friends in Hawaii. And they said Guam and Samoa, but I haven't met a principal from either Guam or Samoa yet. Oh, we, should, we should find one and get them on the podcast. Yeah. I'm sure they're, we should just email the NASP membership and they can find us somebody. That would be cool. I was that thinking a field trip, but okay, <laughs> we can start with outreach first before blindly going somewhere. <laughs> Have you been to Hawaii for your work as the uh, director of Zone 9? Unfortunately, I have not. No, I have not. <laughs> um, I, have, I have. That was where our, we have zone meetings, like once a year before our National Leaders Conference. And we... Like my first year, what, was that the year before you, Scott? So, yeah. So the, the year <gasps> before I became a state rep, it was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And then the year after I go off as zone director, it'll be in Hawaii. So I will miss Hawaii will be my bookends yeah. trips oh. I don't get to attend. <laughs> I think you need to go as like the social media manager or something, something. just to yeah. like, just to help out. Well, let's talk about being a director of zone nine for NASP. What does the job involve? Maybe how did you get involved in it? And then just kind of, what do you do? We just wanted to kind of highlight on this episode with Scott NASP more to go a little bit deeper, a little bit wider with all the different zones and what these people that are out there, you know, working and supporting principals across the country do. So what does it involve and just kind of what do you do? So one of the major um, priorities of being on the the zone board is serving on the board of directors for NASP. So I traveled back to uh, DC um, twice a year, once for National Distinguished Principal, uh, the second one for National Leaders Conference come at the end of the month. And then we go to the, of course, the amazing national conference and we have board meetings. Um, we go over resolutions. We talk about the association, um, the organizational structure, the budget, um, all the different staffing. And and we I, I bring the voice of Zone 9 to those meetings, to that table. And so we try to hold monthly meetings uh, within our zone on Zoom where I gather feedback and uh, we talk about what's happening in our states. We share ideas. We always try to make them learning experiences, of course, anytime you connect with other principals. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's the the voice of our zone and at the national level. And so I, you know, take it very seriously. And, and then I also disseminate the information coming from um, the executive board um, to the zone as well. So. And I got to tell you, Scott does a really, really nice job. He's super professional. He's being very humble by talking about his work. Uh, he's a great liaison between all state associations and state reps and the national organization. So I'm a little biased on it. I've known Scott for a while. So, and it, you know what, to all of our listeners, a little legit, like both of these gentlemen are bald. So my next question is how do you actually manage that? Cause that was a conversation before we hit record. And I think there might be a lot of principals or superintendents out there struggling with the same thing. And this is all about innovative, <laughs> like leadership. So how do you deal with your baldness? Like, do you shave it? Do you, what do you do? I have long, long hair. Uh, every two days. Yeah. I shave, I shave my head. It just, it, it starts to hurt when you shave it, if you let it grow too long. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm about the same. So I'll, I'll give a funny story. When I was a, when I was at, when I was a principal, the most common question I would get from kids is they would ask me if I waxed my head all the time. And sometimes I would tell them, no, but I, I put olive oil on my head. And then I, I didn't tell them that I was joking. And then parents would like find me and they're like, do you put olive oil on your head, Mr. Welcome? And I'm like, no, I was just telling your kid that because they wouldn't stop asking me if my head was bald. What if like, what a kid say to you, Scott? I mean, like, are there funny isms that kind of come with being bald? Oh, well, the more of the funny isms come from the, uh, the additional pounds I've put on below the, or above the belt um, <laughs> over the years where kindergartners come up and rub my stomach and say, you must eat a lot. And I no. Say, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you, you learned after you've been doing it as long as I have, you just smile and laugh. They're adorable. They don't mean anything by it. And then then no. I go home and fry in a bowl of ice cream. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Okay, so my real question besides like the, the bald question, which you should have seen their faces because they were kind of a little shocked, I think. Um, what's been the biggest benefit for you all being involved at your state association level? But also, I want to hear about it from the national level too, because oftentimes I was just talking to someone recently. They're like, why do I join a state association? I can advocate for myself on my own. Like, I don't need to join a club. You guys are like crazy. And I beg to differ. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Why do you join your state association? Why is that important? And what about the national level? Why do we care about that too? Well, that's a great question. And I, you know, I think about initially when I joined my state association was because my superintendent made me and they paid for it. And and he said, you know, you need the professional development. You're new. So great. And and the professional development was amazing. But then it turned into the relationships. You know, when you meet other people that are in the same grind and doing the same thing you do every day and know what you're struggling with, to be able to have conversations with those folks in a safe environment, in a friendly, congenial environment, um, there's nothing better than that. And so that's been something that I think has been the biggest benefit over my career is you, you, you get involved and then you start building relationships. And we all inherently need to have, we have to have relationships in our lives. And I remember being a teacher, being connected with my fellow teachers, my colleagues. And that was such a huge part of what I did. You know, it, it filled you up on a bad day. You could talk to your colleagues and then you get into administration and it can be incredibly lonely being the only administrator at a school. And, uh, 
And so the organizations really, really help you connect with others. They, they could be new principals, they could be experienced ones that can serve as mentors, but that connection is amazing. And then the, the longer you get involved, you, you feel another need that I think every human being has, which is to serve. And it's one thing serving your community through your school, which is incredibly fulfilling, and it's why we do what we do. But serving within your organization and learning to, to help others, um, to, to just contribute to the profession as a whole is so incredibly fulfilling as well. And so trying to make sure that you carve out that time to not only get involved, and and be a consumer of you know your organization but also a provider on the other side is really what i'd say in the last nine to ten years of my career giving back to my organizations through serving as you know state president for the elementary ed council for axa um, being the state rep for california for nasp and now uh, on the board of directors it is it's incredible and uh, and you know when you find a great organization like the ones that we have um, that do so much for its members, you want to give something back. And so it, it's really, it's really been important to me. Yeah, I dig that. Now let's talk about the NASP conference. Scott and I are both in California. I went to the AXA, which is our NASP affiliate. Every state has a, has a different affiliate. Um, and then I went to my first national conference like eight years ago. And it just blew my mind that all these people from all these different places with different accents, because you have people from the East and the Midwest and the South come together and you're like, oh, wow, like there's a lot more people out there and you're talking about these connections. So how about the NASP conference? We hung out last year in Louisville, which was absolutely awesome. Why should principals go? What's the benefit? And do you have any like, what's your favorite story from your NASP conferences over the years, Scott? Yeah, well, I think every elementary principal in the country, an assistant principal, an aspiring principal should go to the NASB National Conference because it's the premier professional development event in the country in the year. It really is. I mean, um, not only being able to rub elbows with geniuses in the field, such as both me and Rachel, um, but to attend just top-notch uh, breakout sessions, the keynote speakers are always just incredible and totally in tune with what's happening in education. Um, but then of course, again, you get right back to the relationships, you know, either making new ones, connecting with folks or rekindling old ones. I mean, some of these folks you only email or text or see online throughout the year and the, in the national conferences, the one time you get to connect in person and it's always amazing. And so what kind of story do you want? One that's appropriate for a podcast? Or... <laughs> You're a superintendent. Well, you understand. Okay. Yeah. So no, it's, I've had some great experiences. I think back to, uh, let me see. Um, I've always enjoyed the playground building experiences uh, with landscape structures. Those watching watching the principals and talking to the principals whose school you're building a playground at, it just it it just brings something such another sense of joy. Again, it's that service piece, right? Um, so I, I love doing that. If you have an opportunity to build the playground, sign up to do it. It's a life changing experience to give back in that way. Uh, let me see. I think uh, Philadelphia was one of my favorite uh, conferences because I'm kind of a history nerd and being in that city was just incredible. Um, the, the keynotes were amazing, but I remember thinking, I really want to get 
to the Liberty Bell and I want to go run the Rocky Steps and, you know, just those, those opportunities that, you know, you get to see parts of the country that maybe you don't get to see on vacations and things like that is always a joy. Um, but the best experience are seeing, seeing my folks from the zone and, and other board members now who I have good relationships with. That's, we have lots of great stories to share that I will tell you offline sometime. Dun, dun, dun. Axe throwing. Didn't we do that once, Rachel? We threw yeah, some axes, that's right? PG plus. That's completely. Yeah, that, that was good. And it, I actually hit the bullseye. It took a little <laughs> bit, but, and it was quite comical, uh, but I did do it and there's a video of it. And I was quite shocked when it actually <laughs> occurred because apparently throwing's not my wheelhouse. So, but really great times connecting with folks. I think that's really the power of NAESP and that networking. I know, Adam, you're, you've talked about it on the podcast before. One of the first times that you went, wasn't that when you came up with the idea with Todd for Kids Deserve It? I mean, like, think about the millions of ideas that have come out of NAESP conferences. Like, I'm sure that at least half a dozen of Dave Burgess consulting books have come out of like NAESP and the networking and... I mean, I think like it, it's literally like a, well, it's a fangirl moment for me when I go to those events, because there's like so many incredible authors and different people. So I know this isn't about myself and why I love NASD. <laughs> so I'll just shush. Um, but Hey, Scott, I want to hear about how you balance being a superintendent and a principal at the same time, because I know this is common in like rural areas or like, I mean, you're, I'm in Oregon, you're in California, you guys set up your districts a little differently. Um, you know, like sometimes it's an elementary district or like a secondary one. So talk to me about how you balance that, because I just think of that principal job is just really insane. And to be able to do that on top of being a superintendent is wow. Wow. So right. what are your tips? What's your experience? And, um, I'd say, how do you keep your hair, but your hair is gone. So um, <laughs> how do you keep your sanity? <laughs> yeah. That, um, you know, really I'm only as good as the team around me. Um, especially in the dual role and superintendent principal is the title, but, um, you know, HR curriculum, um, and all other things. Uh, luckily I don't have a valid driver's license for buses. Otherwise I would do that once in a while as well, but, um, I've got incredible staff and, and helping them, um, uh, you know, leading them to make sure that they're strong within their positions allows me to focus on my strengths, which is instruction. And so I'm able to, I would say 80% of my career uh, in this position, 80% of this position is being a principal, which is the position I love. And that's why I didn't want to become just a superintendent. No offense to any superintendents listening, but I wasn't ready to be away from kids in off of school site. And I, I don't, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, I enjoy being a principal way too much. Um, when COVID hit, my jobs switched from about 80% principal to 80% superintendent. And that was a nightmare. Uh, probably the most stressful years of my career, where I seriously rethought, uh, you know, my position and doing what I was doing, like many other of our colleagues have expressed over the last year or two. Um, you know, when the buck stops with you and you're making those big decisions, I was yearning to have a superintendent making those tough calls and just me listening. Um, but it was me and my board was looking for direction from me. And fortunately, because we have an amazing community and amazing staff, we got through it relatively unscathed. But um, it's it's just it's showing up and always doing what's best for kids. Um, 
is the best way to balance it. Whatever's needed that day, having that great team um, that understands what my mission is um, and what I'm trying to accomplish, and they let me do it. And then, of course, having a great school board. You know, with it being a superintendent, that's who you're held accountable by is your board and community. And my school board is phenomenal. Um, they've we 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 created uh, mission, vision, and core values my first couple of years, and those guide us. And so, we're, since we're all on the same page, our board meetings are efficient, um, and we know what we're doing. We know what we, we want to accomplish, and we set out to do it. Yeah. Efficient board meetings. I think one of the, everyone's like, wait, you have efficient board meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to a lot of people that, uh, that is not always the case. Well, it does sound like you are in an amazing place, Scott. So, uh, man, stay, stay where you are <laughs> for as long as you can. It sounds yeah. like, man, because yeah. it is just, uh, it's hard to recreate that other places. You know, you think like, oh, I did this here. I can do that somewhere else. And that is, uh, that is not always the case. That's for sure. No, I'm incredibly blessed in the community I'm in, the entire school community, from parents to kids to board to staff. It's really a phenomenal place. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up with talking about your favorite leadership book that you've read. It could be education. It could be any other field, maybe your favorite or maybe one that you always recommend to other people. Give it to us, Scott. What is your book? Uh, leadership by John Wooden, the UCLA basketball coach, the, the pyramid of success. Um, I've, I've led PD on the pyramid and run my, my cabinet team that I created uh, through the pyramid of success and talking about how it applies to students and in our school community. And it's just phenomenal. It's, it's a go-to in every position I've ever been in. And I think it applies to every field. Yeah, I've read that book years ago. I need to add it to my list again to uh, to go back over. If you want to meet Scott in person, go to NASP.org. Sign up for the conference. It's in National Harbor, Maryland. I think July 10th, 11th, and 12th. I think it's like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Going to the national conference will change your life for the better. The people that you're going to meet, uh, just talking about Scott with the relationships. It uh, And then you're going to go back to your building, wherever you are. And like Scott said, being a principal is lonely. It's not, it can be lonely. It is lonely at times, but you got to have that professional learning network to help you through and uh, the NASP conference or your state conference, um, which I've been to many is another great place to start or do them both. Scott Borba, principal superintendent, director of zone nine, 2017 NDP. Don't forget Scotty boy, 22 on Twitter. Make sure you uh, connect and follow with Scott. How Scott is right now on the podcast is how he is in life. He is just an amazing human being that just cares about people. And uh, just, uh, man, I'm so, uh, so happy to have you on the podcast on behalf of NASP. Thanks for coming on. Everybody listening, we hope that you have an amazing day. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel.